Hey, this is Pastor Vic. Welcome to the People Church Podcast. We hope you're inspired. We hope you hear from God. And above all, we hope you realize how much you're loved. Enjoy the message. So I was, uh, I, I, every once in a while, I'll come across these uh, just amazing like spiritual movies. You know what I mean? Any of y'all watch spiritual movies like uh, uh, Pure Flix? <laughs> just one. Uh, anyways, uh, this one wasn't on Pure Flix, though. I'm sorry. And uh, it was just, you know, and uh, I came across this movie and uh, it was it was about this guy who was uh, he was fighting another guy. This guy he had uh, he had mentored and he gave his whole life for him. And uh, he was he was uh, uh, this guy kind of turned his back on him because he didn't want to go the route that he was going and he didn't want to be patient and slow. And so this guy basically turned his back on him and uh, they're fighting and they're fighting in the streets. And uh, it's this, 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 uh, this about a demon named Tommy Gunn. Nobody, nobody's ever seen Rocky before. It's a spiritual, yes. It's very spiritual. And uh, uh, um, so they're fighting in the streets. And some of y'all, the new people are like, what, you, what are we talking about? We can talk the Bible. Yes, we are, I promise. Um, so we're, they're fighting in the streets and, and uh, uh, Tommy Gunn is beating up Rocky. Amen. Don't act like, don't act too Christian on me, right? You've seen Rocky before, right? Nobody's seen Rocky. I have the wrong crowd, y'all. Um, and so, anyways, I'll get to the point so we can get to the message. Um, uh, uh, Tommy Gunn hits Rocky and he knocks him out, knocks him down. And then, and then he leaves. He's leaving with all his people. And then Rocky gets back up and he says, he says one statement. He says, hey, yo, Tommy. Come on, who knows it? I heard no bell. Amen. Come on, see. Oh, that should be scripture. That's Rocky 317. Amen. Hey, yo, Tommy. I hear no bell. Amen. Matthew chapter 5, verse 38. I just wanted to share that story. I thought it was great. No, I'm going to tie it in. Hold on. It says, you have heard that it was said, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. Verse 39 says, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. Verse 40 says this, and if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over uh, your coat as well. This, this is where we're landing right here. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them. How many? Two miles. Hey, yo, Tommy, I hear no bell. I never thought I'd preach on that little statement there. The question today is, um, what would your life look like if you look back at it and said to yourself, I'll go one more mile? What if you look back at life or a battle you were fighting or a, a dream you were trying to get to and you said to yourself in that, in that season, you called whatever it was. He said, hey, yo, dream. I didn't hear no bell. I'm not quite done just yet. What if the real start, come on, say real start. What if the real start to your life isn't saying that you'll start? Or what if the real start is not even you actually starting? Come on, where am I Monday morning? I'm going to start working out Monday morning, people. Amen. 
Come on, where am I? I'm going to start eating better on Monday, right? We'll just start keto on Monday, honey. Tonight, we're going to eat all the bread we want and pasta. But tomorrow, ooh, girl, we just, and you, and you go to the, to, you go to the, to Walmart, whatever, and you just buy all the keto stuff you want. And then by Tuesday lunchtime, you're eating a cheeseburger with bread. What if the actual start in your life isn't to the second mile? Now stay with me because this is all going to make sense. I have this, I have this uh, demonic device at my house. It's called a Peloton. Amen. And uh, I get on this Peloton from time to time, maybe two or three times a week. Uh, but when I first got it, I was like four or five, six times a week, man. I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then I was like, you know what? After a while, this is not so awesome. It's really convenient, but it's just like, ah. And so uh, there's this, there's the, these, uh, uh, there's these, these numbers and I usually do a 20 or 30 minute ride and there's these numbers called, um, output, you know, like in a 20 minute ride, you can, if you hit a certain output and you always get to, uh, it always tracks your output so you can break your output record the next time around. So if you're doing a 20 minute ride, you do a hundred output, you can do better next time. And you have your record and it has everybody else's outputs and you're, you're competing with the whole world. 60,000 people have done this ride and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm not good at this at all. And what I've learned about this output number is that, is that if I'm riding really well and I'm riding really consistent, I put out really good outputs. Amen. Like, and I continually break my records like, ooh, you're doing good. But watch y'all. If I drop it down to like once, one, one or twice a week or once or twice a month, and then I get back on and a ride maybe I've already done, my output for that ride is like, it's like, yo, where have you been? It's embarrassing. They're like, don't even try next time. You know, like it's, it's just like, so what I'm learning is that is if I'm consistently riding this bike, what I'm doing in myself and in my lungs and in my legs is I'm building capacity. Come on, say capacity. Come on, say capacity. It's not that big a word, right? I'm building capacity to be able to stretch myself more the next time I get on that bike. In my lungs in my legs, especially, I'm building, but especially, especially in my, on my lungs, really, I'm building capacity to go longer, to go harder, and to go further. And the, the longer I take off from that bike, the, the, the quicker I lose the capacity to be better on that bike. Amen. So here's my first question of the day. And if you're taking notes, write this down. Here it is. Ready? Do you have the capacity. Do you have the capacity to go one more mile in your life? Because I feel like maybe there's something or someone in here that you, there, there's some, a dream that you wanted to achieve or, or maybe it's an addiction you wanted to overcome or, or there's something that you wanted more of or maybe even less of, but there was a dream on the other side of you quitting too soon. And the question is, do you have the capacity to keep going to pursue what God has for you in your life? Amen. And you can only go one more mile when you know how good God is. Amen, right? No, is that just me? Like when I know that God is good, no matter what, no matter what I'm going through, when I know God is good, I know it's all good. So I can just keep going. The thing is you can't meet Jesus and have the same capacity that you did before you met Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm coming for you today. I promise. 
You can't look the same as the day you met Jesus. Why? Because Jesus changes everything. Amen? Jesus absolutely changes everything. And one of the beauties of a relationship with him is that you have the ability to stretch. Come on, say stretch. You have the ability to stretch your capacity. You have the ability to make room for what God wants to do in your life. And some of us do that till we get to a space where we're all good and where we're all comfortable. And we stop stretching. And we stop pursuing more because because if we're just going to be honest the issue with that is we were created for his glory not ours and what happens is is we get to a space where God wants us to continue to go up in life. And it was hard to get to step one and you fought some battles, right? But you're like, oh, I'm really not that, but then, and, but you keep going. And it was hard to get to step two in life because you fought some battles and it was hard to get here. And people talked about me and my family didn't understand why I was coming to church and all, all the things that come with it. But, but you know what? I, you know, but you see step three and you know what it's going to take to get to that next level. But you're like, you know what? <laughs> I'm good here. I'm just going to camp out right here, Jesus. I'm saved, by the way. I'm, I mean, I'm saved. I come to church one day a week, read a few devotions. I'm good. I'm comfortable. Lord, Father, I just no need to stretch me anymore. I'm good with the nine to five. I'm good coming to church. I'm good just playing it safe. My kids are in school. It's all good. We got a Hulu and a Netflix account in Jesus' name. It's good. Life is absolutely good. I'm a, oh yeah, no, 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 you, you saw the first step. Woo, it's good. You got here. You were saved. You were on fire. God was moving in your life. He was breaking chains, breaking generational curses. And then you got to part two and then you became a volunteer. And then he's like, you know what? That wasn't for me. And then hey, you just got real comfortable because you can see where God wants to take you. But you're like, father, I, I don't, I don't want to be stretched anymore. So what happens in those seasons is we stop making capacity for God to move in our lives because we get comfortable where we are. I got the job. I got the business. I got the house. I got everything I wanted. I got it all. It's all good. And God's like, I want to stretch you more. I wanted you to do it. I want, I want to do more for you in your life so you can do more for others. And you're like, no, I'm comfortable. I made it. Only problem is, this life isn't for your glory, it's for his. You don't, you don't make it until you get to heaven. Amen. You just, you don't make it until you get to heaven. It is what it is, is what it is, is I don't make it until I get to heaven. Here's the thing. God has ordered your steps. Amen. Amen. Right. But you, you, how can I say this so you can get this? But you get to a step and you stay there. 
But I said God orders your steps, not your step. Meaning that there's more stepping to do. Come on, tell your neighbor. Say, neighbor, get to stepping. Amen? Because it was uncomfortable to get here. But God has ordered your steps. And if you know anything about steps, if you know anything about steps, the higher you go, the more lung capacity you better have. Oh, it's good right here. I'm a foot up. I'm good. I don't need no lung capacity for this, y'all. Shoot, all day long. That's where a lot of us stay, though. And God's like, I, I need you to get up here. It's like, oh, no, no. I, I ain't got the capacity to go through. I met a guy this week, and he said, um, uh, he said in high school, um, he, uh, he got chosen to go to Canada to play football uh, for a special team. He said, they chose six of us. I was one of them. We went over there. And this was random. This was right even before I even got the message together. And he said, uh, I, I got to Canada. He said, I good. I was good. I could run 100 yards easy. I, I break, break a tackle. I was gone. I was scoring. He said, but what I didn't know, and as I got to Canada, the air was thinner because it was up higher. He said, I broke it. On the, from the 10-yard line, I broke it. I was about to, uh, to dash 90 yards, and I was going. He said, I went 40 yards, and I about passed out. I was like, tackle me, somebody. Please tackle me, sir. I didn't know that I had to have that much lung. That's exactly what he told me. That much lung capacity to perform at that level. The higher you go, the more room you better have in your lungs Oh, you're not going to make it. And the church said, like, what's this got to do with my love? See, God orders your steps. Here it is. God orders your steps, but you're in charge of your lung capacity. Oh, he orders them all day, but I'm in charge of my lung capacity. Amen. Amen. So, so here's the thing about lung capacity. Lung capacity is strength. Come on, say strength, right? Right? So where do we get our strength from? What does the Bible say about strength? The what of the Lord is my what? Oh, the what of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength, right? So, so, so for, for us to have good lung capacity, <laughs> you're going to have to get some good joy in your life. If you want to keep going higher and higher, if I want to increase the, the, the lung capacity in my life to go higher, to get more, you know what I'm going to have to get? I, might, oh, I need strength in my life. I mean, I mean, you can pray and you can do your devotions and you can do it all. But what you need most is joy. Because the word of the Lord is my strength. Oh, come on. Say it with me. Say the joy. Amen. Can somebody just laugh randomly for me? Amen. That the joy of the Lord is my strength. So how do I go farther in life? Oh, you got to get some joy in your life. Amen. And a lot of y'all right now, y'all like, well, you don't know what's happening in my life, pastor. Uh, 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 uh. You just don't know where I've been and where my family's been. <laughs> you just, how can I have joy in, in a season like this? There's no way I can have joy in a season that I'm in right now. Some of you, can I, can I be honest with you? Some of you can't breathe where you are because you didn't conquer where you were. You didn't have joy where you were. 
And now you can't conquer where you are. Can I be honest with you? Some of y'all caught up in church drama from four years ago. Some of y'all mad at Pastor Val for something she did three years ago. I don't know what you did, honey, but they still mad. Some of y'all, some of y'all are still hurt about, about not being invited to a party five years ago. Some of y'all are still upset that you didn't get a seat at conference three years ago. And we knit and we pick. Can, can I, can I, can I tell you that the joy of the Lord is your strength? Come on, I said the joy of the Lord is your strength. And here's the thing, though. Sometimes God will give us what we prayed for, but we're not ready for it. And instead of a gift, come on, I prayed to be a leader, or I prayed to have a new house, or I prayed for that business, and God gives it to you, right? And he gives it to you. But instead of feeling like a gift because you didn't have joy in the last season, instead of that, 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 that prayer becoming a gift to you, because you didn't have joy in the last season, you don't have joy in this season. Now the gift that he's given you feels like a burden because we didn't build the proper capacity to withstand what comes with going up to the next level. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. The joy of the Lord is your strength. It's all good. But you don't, I just did The joy of the Lord is just saying, you know, okay, you, you pass, you be like, Pastor, you got to give me more than this. Because here's the thing, here's the thing. The problem with us church people, myself included, I'm not just coming out on y'all. I, I preach from experience. Amen. The problem with us church people is we quit on the first mile. And then here, watch, watch, watch. We come to church and we get a first mile experience, right? And then we quit on the first mile and then we, 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 we get first mile miracles. Amen. Like, like you thought the business was the miracle. That's not the miracle. You, you, you thought the house was the miracle. That's not the miracle, right? Like, like the people will quit on the first mile. Then here's what we do. We come, we get a first mile experience, right? And then life gets hard, but life's always hard. Amen. Life is very complex. No matter if you're in church or not, life is complex. Amen. It's better to have God on your side. Amen. So we come into church, we get a first mile experience, then we, then we, then, then we get the business and we get everything. And then, and then, and then slowly, sometimes not fast, but sometimes slowly we go back and we start to lose lung capacity. Instead of get more to do more for God, then we start slowing down and now we lose lung capacity and then we come, we go back to full and then we come back. Again, we return to church, we leave church and we come to church and now for some more first mile capacity. And we never get out the first mile because we never stay in church long enough for God to really do a work in our hearts. We come and we get blessed and we come and get comforted and we come in a season of, oh, a trouble and we come and we stay for a little bit and then we leave again. And then we come, something else happens and we're back in church again. But guess what? You're still just first mile capacity Christians. You haven't conquered anything. Am I preaching to anybody? You're like, they ain't here, Pastor. Let me go get them. Amen. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And, 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 we, re, and we repeat the cycle. 
We, we, we leave and, and, and the things that God delivered us from, we go back to. And then, and, then, and then we come back to it and then, okay, well, God delivered me again. Stuck in church drama for four years. You know what the spirit of, I like to call it the spirit of it's all good. You know what the spirit of it's all good does for you? It helps you get over it. Come on, tell your neighbor, say, hey, neighbor, get over it. Uh-huh. Like we all needed to hear that, right? Like get, you know, what? the spirit of it's all good helps you get over it. Come on, help me out, church. If I want to go up in life, come on, help me out. Eventually, I'm going to have to get over something. Come on, there is something in your life that is robbing your joy. But the, And I said that it's the joy of the Lord that is your strength. And if there's something that's robbing your joy continuously, you can't get over it. Therefore, you can't get over it. And some of you are being robbed. I don't know. It may be comparison. It may be a hurt. I don't know where you're at in life. Oh, life just doesn't make sense. Your joy is completely robbed. But God sent me here to tell you this morning, whatever it is, get over it. Because until you get over it, you will not be able to get over it. You will not be able to go up in life. You will be stuck where you are permanently. And you're going to wake up one day and you're going to be like, I wasted seven years being bitter about that. When I could have wasted seven seconds. Get over it. Get over it. Why? Because it's all good. And here's the reason you can't get over it is because you think it's really not all good. But let me help you out. If you follow Jesus, no matter what you're going through in your life, it's all good. You can't get over it because you ain't got no strength. Well, how do you know? Because, because you ain't got no joy. Walking in here like this this morning, praising like this, I mean, the girls are just going off. You know, they're going hard. You know, just like, come again. And you're like, come again. And you go get your phone. Come again. So typing on Facebook. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. And some of you ain't got no joy. Well, how do you know? I can see it in your face. You mad. You mean. You ugly. No, no, you're not ugly, but you got, you got, you got RBF. Now, now hold on. You have resting believer's face. Amen. Help me out. You ever had resting believer's face? Face, face, and faith. Come on. And you think you got to fix something in your life to get somewhere. But life isn't about fixing. It's about surrendering. Amen. I'm not trying to fix my life. I'm just surrendered to the one who holds it all together. 
Are you hearing me? You can't get over a thing because you think, here's what I have, here's, here's what I know. You think that you got to fix everything before you can go to the next level. And you're trying to fix every situation with every person, with every son, with every daughter, with every coworker, with every boss. You got, I got to fix it. And if I don't fix this and I got to dig up things and I got to figure out why I'm right here with my sister and why I'm right here with my son and right, why I'm right here with my dad and why I have this hurt. And so let me go dig this up and let me go fix it. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with therapy. There's no, you can have a therapist in Jesus. That's not what I'm saying. But at some point, you're going to have to get over it at some point because the most important thing to you is am I happy but here's the thing here's the thing that's your most important question and you think I got to fix everything so I can get happy so I can have a, a life of fulfillment but the most important question in your life isn't isn't will this make me happy but that's what we make our most important question if I pursue this, will this make me happy? If I marry this man, will this make me happy? Probably not. If I marry this Mexican woman, she's, she's toxic. Don't do it. I'm kidding. Mexican ladies, calm down. If I do this, will it make me happy? If, if, I, if I pursue this job, will it make me happy? If I start this business, will it make me happy? If I start working out, come on, help me out. If I get swole, will it make me happy? If I have a child, oh, that's, that's one of the hardest ones. Will it make me happy? No, it won't. Let me tell you right now. And the more you have, the less happy it makes you. Amen. <laughs> I'm just being real today. Amen. They said, have three. Oh, you need to have four because they're the, even not, no, you liar. You're, you're a prophet from hell. And so you think you got to fix everything. But the most important question isn't, and play me something, guys. The most important question in your life isn't, will this make me happy? The most important question isn't, will this make me money? The most important question in your life is, will this help me fulfill God's purpose for my life? Change your questions. Will this help me fulfill God's purpose for my life? And you've been asking, will this make me happy? Will this make me money? No, no. Will this fulfill God's purpose in my life? And a lot of times that comes with you having to stretch yourself where you don't like it and it doesn't make sense and you're like, oh, why do I have to volunteer? Why do I have to give time? Why do I have to give it all? I just, why do I have to love somebody that I don't even like? And God's trying to stretch you. And you're like, I'm comfortable. Can I tell you, there is no formula for happiness that comes with if I had. So I'm talking about the joy of the Lord is your strength, right? There's no formula for joy that starts with if I had, if I had this job, if I had this girl, if I had this gun. Some of the men are like, you know, that, that will help. Yeah, no, not really. If I had these shoes, if I had this house, if I had this farm, if I had this ranch, if I had this phone, if I had this app, if I had these Roblox money, if I had whatever it is. 
This will make me happy. Now, there's no formula for happiness that comes with if I had, because it doesn't come from them. Joy comes from you. Can I help you out? Joy doesn't even come from God. Let me step on your religious toes for a sec. Joy comes from you. Because, because God it lives in you. So it has to come. It has to come through you. Because God's are, he already did what he's going to do. He already sent his son to die for you. He already did his thing. So now the joy in your life, help me out, help me out, comes from you and through you. The joy of the Lord in me is my strength. It's already in me. And that's where I, I that's where I, I, I get my strength, the, the strength in me. It's, it's already in you. So it's got to come through you and from you. Hey, listen to me, church. Capacity doesn't increase because you pray for it. Capacity increases when you feel that overwhelming sense of panic rising. And when life gets a little tough and then you want to quit, but you just hold on. Amen. And you hold on and you hold on even more and you hold on. And eventually you understand that it's never been you that's been holding on. It's always been him. It's always been him. You remember David at Ziklag? First uh, Samuel chapter 30, uh, verse 3. I'm reading the King James Version just to go old school on here. Because I need you to understand this. Watch. It says, so David and his men came to the city. And behold, it was, it was burned with fire. And uh, their, their, their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept. So they had everything taken from them. And David and the people that were with them lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. So they cried till they couldn't cry anymore. Amen. And David's two wives were taken captive. And uh, I'll go to verse 6. I want you to get to 6. And David said to Abathar the priest, uh, <clears throat> son, amen. Said, I, I, I pray thee, bring me hither, Ephod, and uh, Abathar bought, uh, uh, how do you say that? Okay. And Ephod to David, verse 8. Here it is. David required at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this true? Should I overtake them? And uh, he answered, pursue them. Pursue for thou shalt surely overtake them and without fail recover all. Verse 9, David went and the 600 men that were with him came to the brook where those were left behind. 
David, David couldn't do anymore. David was done. David was tired. David said, um, there's nowhere else for me to go. So David has to go to God and he has to ask him, do I pursue these people? He says, pursue them. And you will overtake them. And there's a scripture in verse that says, I'm trying to find it here. I think it's verse, uh, verse six, put verse six up there. David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his son and every, and for his daughter. But here, here, here it is. Here's, here's where we're landing. It says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. David said, I can't do this anymore. I'm sick. I'm tired. The people that I thought were going to go with me aren't here. I just feel like quitting. Nobody was encouraging him. And David, David said in the keys right there, he said, David had to encourage himself. Have you ever had to encourage yourself? Amen. Well, nobody's encouraging me and nobody likes me and everybody's against me. Encourage yourself. Who cares what anybody else says about you? You gotta learn, come on, you gotta learn as a follower of Jesus. You have to learn how to encourage yourself. He was so tired, watch this, that half of his army collapsed on the way to battle. But David had to encourage himself. Can I help you out? Your joy is your job. Amen. Come on, say it to me. Say, say, my joy is my job. It's not the job of your husband. It's not the job of your child. It's not the job of the person sitting on the other side of this church. It's not the job of your pastor. It's not even the job of God. Your joy is your job. David had to encourage himself. So that's his job. Are you getting this? Oh, wait for the Lord to encourage me. The Lord's like, encourage yourself. I think that's the problem sometimes. We're like, encourage me. God, change my attitude. He's like, change it yourself. What do you mean? I'm already in you. Change it yourself. If me dying for, me sending my son dying for you doesn't change anything in you, nothing ever will. Change your attitude yourself. yourself, yourself. He's real far away. But come on, God, no, no, you, your joy is your job. You have to get over it. Tell your neighbor, say, hey, neighbor, you can't make me happy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. 
If you're married, you ought to tell your spouse, you can't make me happy. And if they can't make you happy, they shouldn't be able to make you mad. Amen. Come on, I'm going to set marriages free here. Come on, help me out, church. You can't make me happy. My joy is my job. So you'd be like, if somebody's mad, you're mad at somebody, you, I catch you in the, in the lobby, you'd be like, ooh, what happened? Well, so-and-so is like, well, what's, what's that got to do with you? But you don't understand what they did, Pastor. So what's that got to do with you? Your joy is your job. But they treated me bad and, and my leader this. And, what's that got to do with you? We would be just better off as, a, as, a, as, as humanity as a whole is if we all understood that our joy was our job. Anybody going through anything here to this morning? Anybody feeling like wanting to quit something this morning? Come on, be honest. Be honest. Be honest. Be honest. I mean, I want honest church. Like you, you're, you're, you're dealing with something and uh, you're like, you know what? Uh, it's, it's time for me to, it's time for me to quit this thing. I can't go on any further anymore. Anybody? Nobody? Nobody's going to be honest with me. Dang. I thought we had an honest church, babe. I thought we had an honest church. I guess we don't. I guess nobody wants to quit anything. You are all very tough. Amen. You go to a good church. Amen. That's right. Because Jesus, because he said, if I quit, I wouldn't be here. Because, because Jesus will have you like, I was going to quit. But the last time I was going to quit, I didn't quit. Amen. And so, so, so the last time I was going to quit, I didn't quit. And I pushed through. And I made the joy of the Lord in me my strength. And I just, instead of, instead of quitting, I just got stronger. Amen. Amen, right? That's what Jesus, Jesus will have you every time you want to quit. Like, look, I was going to quit and I didn't want to pass it four years ago, five years ago, five months ago. And I was going to quit. But every time I just kept pushing through and every time I pushed through, Jesus just made me stronger. Jesus will have you be like, oh, like, yo, you remember the last time he's going to quit and the last time people were ugly with you and the last time they're everything. And you, you remember what happened last time? Yeah, yeah. You got stronger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. That's why when, just, just for, I know you don't want to quit, but, but, but I'm like Jesus, right? And you have the white towel, come on. And you, you, you want to give up, right? Right. And you're like, I throw in the towel and Jesus catches the towel and he says, my grace is sufficient. Come on. You want to quit again? Come on. You want to quit again? Come on. You want to quit again? Jesus said, shut up, man. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, so you'll throw in the towel and Jesus will just throw it right back. Say, no, 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 no. No, you ain't throwing in the towel. Why? Because my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. He, you throw a towel, right? That's what he does, right? He throws it right back here like, oh my God. <laughs> we do that in church sometimes. We go through a season and we try to throw in the towel. And God throws it back. Say, can you just stay through the battle? Some of you haven't even started being the church. Can I be honest with you? Oh, you go to church. Some of you haven't been to church in a long time. 
Listen, people quit when they get tired. We get stronger. People quit when they hurt. We get stronger. Now we help the hurting. People quit in their weakness. We get stronger. Now we help those in weakness. People quit in their mess. We get stronger. Now we have a message. Amen. People quit in their test. We get stronger. Come on. Now we have a what? A testimony. David now had only half the men. But it's not how many you have. But instead, how tough the ones that you have with you. Church, I'm telling you. You better learn how to encourage yourself. Some of you are going to walk back to Monday morning jobs. Where you don't want to go back to. Amen. But you better learn how to encourage yourself. Capacity increases when you're forced into a situation where you have to trust God to fill the gap. And I want you to understand that it's all good doesn't mean I'll never go through a fight. Amen. It's all good means that when I go through a fight, I will live through it and I will come out stronger. Amen. Well, what if I actually die? Then you're going to come out really strong. So you can throw whatever you want at me, but it's all good. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I got to, my joy is my responsibility. My joy is my job. It's not Valerie's job. It's not Zoe's job. It's not Nova's job. And some of you need to quit walking around like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Encourage yourself. My joy is my job. If you don't get anything from today's message, you get that. My joy is my job. Come on, say it with me. Ready? Say, my joy is my job. <laughs> Y'all even saying that sad. You know what I mean? Like, I just like, my joy is my job. I'm like, say it. My joy is my job. Like, my joy is my job. Uh, like you say it real weird. Like I, I hear you like job. You know, like. It's my job. That's why you can go through anything or go through anything. It's all good. Why? Because my joy is my job. And no matter what, even in death. The worst thing I could think of is death. And even in that, we win. So, it's all good. We believe this or we don't. Your capacity increases in the second mile. You have taken on something that is bigger than you. And now through it, you show that God in you, come on, the joy in you, is bigger than the giant ahead of you. You know, David was good as a shepherd boy, serving cheese. First mile was comfortable. That's where the enemy wants you to stop. 
because you're not a threat. But in the second mile, David had to fight Goliath. And he's like, oh, heck no. Time to increase the capacity, amen? Time to go further, amen? The giant's saying, what about us? Uh-uh, cuh. You know what I mean? Like, no, we ain't doing that today, Satan. And David took on what was bigger than him, allowing his capacity to increase. So in those around him, that I've made room for God. That's the key right there. You hear it? You're going to have to make room for God so God can show out in your life. Because the God in my life is bigger than the giants outside of my life. Let me help you out and I'm done. There is value in doing things that are about to take you out. There is value in pushing beyond what, what you haven't done before. You aren't here to do what's been done before. This church is not here to do what's been done before. We just have to be willing to go the second mile. Here's the thing. God can use a failure. The Bible is full of them. God can use a failure all day. You throw in the towel, I'm going to throw it back. What God cannot use is a quitter. Because then it's on you. Your failures are on him. He can use failures. The Bible's full of them, but he cannot use a quitter. So here, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's all good. Amen. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. My joy is my job. So I'm going to have to learn to encourage myself. You're going back to school. Some of you kids going back to school. Your joy doesn't come from them punk kids. Amen. Oh, I mean, the other kids. Amen. It doesn't come from them. So it's just, it should, your joy comes from you. Your, you kids going back to school, your joy is your job. They didn't sit with me at lunch. Who cares? Encourage yourself. Amen. Don't worry, kids. Adults still have the same problem. It's all good. They didn't invite me. It's okay. Encourage yourself. Encourage yourself. Can you encourage yourself? So don't come up to me and be like, oh, pastor, so-and-so. I'm like, what's that got to do with you? Your joy is your job. Amen. Can I pray for you? Lord, I pray for supernatural joy in our lives. God, that the, the rest of this year and on into 2023, Lord, let it be the most joy-filled life we've ever experienced. Not because of any outside circumstance, but because we chose to take control of our joy. Father, our joy is our job. God, I pray for a church 
that doesn't have to be encouraged. Ooh, that's good, Jesus. I pray for a church that knows how to encourage themselves, Jesus. That they encourage themselves in you, Lord. And Father, I thank you this morning that the joy of the Lord is our strength. That we can come to church and be happy. That we can come to church and laugh, Jesus. That we can come to church and not be offended. That we can come to church and we can get over it, Jesus. Because it's the joy of the Lord that creates the capacity for us to go further. For, that allows you to stretch us to go more, to do more, and to be more. So we give you, Lord, our joy, our hearts. And we just start learning from this day on how to encourage ourselves in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody said, amen and amen. Well, are you glad you came to church today? Thank you for listening to the People Church Podcast. We hope you were blessed by the message. Hey, do us a favor and don't forget to subscribe to the channel. And above all else, love.